If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Hello, hello. It's Friday again. I'm Myrna. I'm Annette. How are you, Annette? I'm doing good. Is it Manette? Or, yeah, or Ma. Manette yeah, and Myrna. We get called a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, we do. Some as long as we, we don't get called late for dinner. You're right. Some of them we can't repeat. Never. <laughs> we want to <laughs> thank Rangeville Christian Church for allowing us to use their space and their technology to broadcast from here. We appreciate their generosity. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And then we want to talk to you all about donations. I talk about it every week. You guys get tired of hearing me talk about donations. Never. We want you to know that we have a button, what we call our donation button. It's on Facebook, which is God's Girls 7 at .com. Website is abadaddygirls.com. And then Voice America host page is abadaddygirls.live. Mm-hmm. And that is my Western voice. That's your Western voice? Abadaddygirls.live. <laughs> yeah. Why are we having a Western voice? I got different voices. I can give you several voices. It's your Oklahoma voice. I can give you that one, too. My Oklahoma voice. Okay. That's my little girl in here. <laughs> You got to remember I'm multiple. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Um, We also just um, last week we had George Lucas on our show and he was um, talking about how when he was seven, he did, he, he just knew something was different about his, the dad that was raising him. And he asked his mom. It was a milky situation. It was. (laughs) It was milky for him. And he asked his mom about it. And she said that, the dad that was raising her, raising him, excuse me, was not his biological dad. And then he told a story. So if you want to hear that about George Lucas, you can go back to um, last week's show. And it was pretty interesting because finally at age 26, he got to meet his real dad. And that was pretty neat. But we have an interesting but show we have this inter- week. And that's our introduction today. We have Rhea to the show, and we thank you for being our guest. You're welcome. And um, she is actually a sister in Christ. Yes. And a member of Grangeville Christian Church. Her, I am. Her and Mike. And Mike's sitting in the background saying he doesn't want to be on the radio. He just keeps shaking his head. No. One day. One, One day, day. We'll get him. Okay. I know. We'll ask Rhea and blackmail him or something. I could do that. Okay. That <laughs> oh, that was fast. <laughs> that was really fast. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How long have you and Mike been married then? 26 years. Oh, then you have. Then yeah. you're experienced in blackmailing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, recent injuries, he's taken such good care uh, of we me. I might not do it right now. No, that's, that's <laughs> true. You've had, you've had a, you might be afraid that the next injury he wouldn't take care of you. <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, he is a very kind and loving man. We love Mike too. So you were born in Oklahoma. Yes. And you were adopted at birth. I was. So just kind of share with our listeners your story because that's where it begins. Well, I've only been told about my birth mother's story. Okay. 
Uh, and that was that she was divorced, had a four-year-old child, was living with her mother and her younger sister, and just apparently couldn't afford to raise another child. And so it had been decided before my birth that I would be put up for adoption. Uh, my dad's sister, this is my adoptive dad, the only dad I've ever had, um, was a nurse at the hospital. Okay. She learned that I was going to be put up for adoption, got a hold of my mom and dad as they had adopted another girl two years previously and asked them if they were interested in adopting another baby, a baby girl. And the story always came to me that they kind of covered the phone. Honey, do we want another baby? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it was quite that quick, but that's what I was always told. Mm, okay. So my dad, since uh, they had a two-year-old at home, mm -hmm. they lived in Maryland at the time. So my dad flew to Oklahoma, which was his home state. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why the aunt was there, because she actually was living, she had lived in Oklahoma. Right. They okay. were all raised. They're all 10 of the kids. 10 kids? 10 kids. Whoa. <laughs> okay. In Oklahoma. Where so, in Oklahoma? Um, well, let's see. I was born in Lawton, and they were raised in Apache. Okay. So they're used to having a lot of kids around them. Yeah. Big families. <laughs> when you're used to being in big families, it's just kind of like homey when you have a lot of other kids. I think mom and dad were happy with just two kids. Mm -hmm. They both came from larger families, but thought two was good. And they were getting on in years. Mm -hmm. So, um, but so my dad flew to Oklahoma and he and my very helpful nurse aunt got me on a plane. Well, they did the legalities right mm -hmm. then and there, got me on a plane, flew me home to mom. Mm. I can't, the, one of the things that we wrote in the description is that that was the only time that your biological mom and, and your adoptive dad met was as they handed that bundle of love. That didn't even happen. They didn't. I don't believe they met. Oh, I believe wow. my mother may have already left the hospital, hospital. and I was still there. Mm. You know, I never actually heard that story. Wow. But, that would be hard. Mm -hmm. That would be hard. Very hard, but yeah. And it probably was hard for her, mm -hmm. but she was doing what was best for her. Yep. And you know what? She's a, a really good mother because yep. she was caring about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never doubted that. I have never doubted it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then your adoptive parents, think about the great love they had. It didn't take them long to accept you. No. <laughs> because they knew that you needed a home. And they wanted me. Mm -hmm. You know, never, never thought I was a mistake mm -hmm. or anything else. I was always chosen. Mm -hmm. But see, you think, think about the, a love of an adoptive parent is great. I mean, so great because they did choose you. And so you were kind of like pre-thought about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they knew they wanted more kids. Mm -hmm. So, and for a birth mother to give up her child, mm -hmm. I think is one of the greatest loves there is. Yeah. And know. have you ever thought about something like this? Um, God always knows where we're at and where we're going to be. 
and he planned you to be with them? I've never doubted that, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a few times in my teenage years, I kind of wondered just <laughs> being a teenager. Exactly. <laughs> They'll be rebellious sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teenagers are always teenagers, you know. <laughs> so what is your earliest childhood memory? Um, the one I really remember, I was four years old. We were moving to California. And I remember... We, we stayed for about two months in our travel trailer, our mm. Airstream, while we were looking for a house. I remember looking at houses and the house we ended up buying. I remember going through that. And my mom saying, oh, wow. this is going to be our home. And I lived in that house until after I graduated from high school. That was your home. <laughs> it was. Yes. 14 years, mm-hmm. your home. Did you have your own room? Uh, no, I shared it with my sister. We always shared. Really? That's neat. <laughs> and then I remember having an earache one time and my mom rocking me in the rocking chair. Mm. You know, just little bits and pieces. My fourth birthday was in that house. How about that? So, and we went on summer trips every year to Oklahoma and Kansas in that airstream. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, because yeah. we're from Kansas. Where'd you go in Kansas? Do you remember? I know you were only. Well, Wichita. Okay. That's where my mom was from. She was actually born in Belle Plaine. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. Born in Belle Plaine, and she and my dad got married in the farmhouse there. Really? Mm-hmm. And then um, they all kind of migrated to Wichita. Uh huh. Yes. Well, that's kind of interesting yeah. because, um, yeah. Because Mulvane, Mulvane is right near Belle Plaine. Right, uh-huh. right. I remember hearing the name a lot uh-huh. growing up. Yeah. Yep. And our youngest daughter was born in Wellington, which is not too far from Belle Plaine. Okay. So there's no, there was, as far as I know, there was no hospital in Belle Plaine. So she must have been born at home. Oh, at home. Yeah. Yeah. Her, she doesn't have a birth certificate. She's got the uh, uh, affidavit oh, that she, she was, was born. born. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like they did on the farms. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, wow. So. It's a small world, That's, isn't it? It, it is. Gosh. It is. I still have cousins in Wichita. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, that's where Annette's headed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have cousins and, and sister and a brother and, in Wichita. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's a small world, isn't it? It is. After it all. Is. When you start looking at, you know. <laughs> The cross sections. <laughs> yeah. We could have even ran into each other in Kansas and stuff and not even remember it, you know? Could have, you know, depending on the parts of Kansas. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was a, in Wichita all my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I have an uncle that did a development there. Westlink? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is Westlink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lived on the, on the west end of town most of my life. Okay, and I, I believe that's where all three of my cousins currently are living. Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. Know that. So, um, do you did you, you did you ever feel like your physical characteristics or anything were they similar to your sister to your parents? Did you ever kind of look at that? Um, a lot of people thought I looked like my dad. I probably had a few more characteristics like his. Mm -hmm. My sister and I never really looked much alike, but 
at a real young age, I never questioned it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and as, isn't it funny? You were adopted and you never questioned that. I've never been adopted and I've questioned that about my <laughs> sisters and brothers. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. My brother and I are twins. Uh-huh. He don't look nothing like me. He looks like my sister, my uh-huh. older sister. Yep. Yeah. And I sit in there and go, my mom switches at birth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even my kids, you know, one of them said, well, am I adopted, mom? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I remember the pain. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was there. <laughs> so it was only after I learned I was adopted that I started seeing things like that. Okay. So tell us about that. When did you learn you were adopted? I believe I was six years old. And this would be in California. In California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a girlfriend uh, that was a, a church mate mm-hmm. of mine. Uh, we didn't go to the same school, but we did go to the same church. And she approached me once and said, I understand you're adopted. And I kind of probably reacted, okay, but I, I had no idea what that meant. None. Mm-hmm. So I Did went you home. feel weird? Like, okay, what's, I don't know what that means. What, what's I, wrong with good? me? Exactly. Is that good, <laughs> bad, indifferent? Yes. Okay. yes. What kind of surgery is that? <laughs> Does it show? (laughs) Exactly. How do you know? (laughs) So I did. I I, when I was home, I asked my parents. Sure, I probably approached my mom first, but I know we all got in onto the conversation, and they they verified that yes, I was adopted, and what that meant. (laughs) And I can picture that conversation. You know, I don't know if I was shocked. I think I just accepted it. What'd they say? I, I don't know exactly. I, I do know that they told me it meant I was chosen. Okay. Um, and that my birth mother, um, I, they probably said the woman that actually, you know, bore me or delivered mm-hmm. me, um, could not keep me. And they weren't, they, I don't think they went into a lot of detail at the, that time. That it was, you know, financial or what her situation is. But they did verify that she could not give me a proper home. Mm. But they could and they wanted me and they chose me. Mm. And so I've always, always known that. Mm-hmm. So how did the, how did the um, friend at church know that you were adopted? Well, it must have been my parents probably shared with their friends. Okay. Um, which would have been her parents, mm-hmm. uh, that both of us girls were adopted. And it may have been, I don't know, people may have asked why we didn't look alike or, you know, different things. My parents were in their mid-40s when I was born, so they were nearing, they were over 50 at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they may have been questioned about having kids at that age. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Carla's parents knew, and they must have just said something to her. You know, told her, well, you know, that Rhea's adopted. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she even knew what adopted meant. I don't know. I kind of think they may have explained it. Oh, okay. But she didn't volunteer any information when she told me. So it may have been a conversation after the fact also. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so I'm sure my parents probably spoke with her parents and mm-hmm. said, ah, 
did you know your daughter shared this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she That's may what? have thought, the little girl may have thought you knew what adopted was. Probably. So yeah. did you go to your sister and ask her, are you adopted too? I'm sure that my parents explained the whole thing okay. and told me that she was adopted. And they may have, I don't know if she already knew or not, but I'm sure she was drawn into the mm -hmm. conversation. Because that she would have been eight then. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they did tell us we were not adopted from the same families. Oh, we were okay. not blood related, okay. but we were sisters. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. So at that, how did you feel at that point as a six-year-old? Mm -hmm. I felt like mom and dad loved me. Okay. Uh, I don't remember a feeling of loss. I may there you have, go. Okay. but um, kind of questioned but at the same time most of my life I've just accepted it so I'm sure I did just pretty much off the bat mm -hmm. so if a six-year-old came up to you and they said I'm adopted what would you tell them I'd tell them that they were very special and that they were in a you know it was a loving home that no matter what the reasons that their birth mother gave them up it was out of love for the child and to put that child in a good home mm -hmm. and that God is always in control of where we go mm. and how our lives end up where we end up mm -hmm. so did you ever get angry at God because you were adopted I don't believe I did no I just I had the positive attitude yeah, you did. my sister didn't oh she always felt like someone gave her up Oof. It was always kind of a negative. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like somebody wanted me. So it was just a difference. Did your sister get along pretty good with your adoptive parents? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we got it. We were very close when we were young. Mm -hmm. Very close. You're not and, now? Um, not as close as we were. But, you know, it's, it's a good relationship. But we, were, we lived out of town. So we were each other's best friend. Did your sister ever search for her mom or dad? No. no. She's Angry. getting ready to. Oh, oh is she? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Good. It might be a good thing. That might be. Uh, now, I never told her a lot about my searching just because I knew she had a different attitude. Mm -hmm. And she'd even say, I don't want to know. But, mm. yeah. So, but just the positive attitude in yours, I think it shows your heart heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart of um, forgiveness. I think that, um, and you guys were raised in a Christian home because you said you went to church. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you prayed with your parents? Oh, yes. Bible studies and? Uh, some Bible studies. My folks taught Sunday school. Um, I remember in my teenage years, if there were issues, my mom and I would get down on our knees together. Oh, wow. And pray in front of the camp for mm -hmm. chest and uh yeah mm -hmm. well we're gonna take break and then when we come back from break we'll keep on discussing about what it's like to be adopted child searching for your real mother it's your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com Look for Annette and Myrna's book. 
Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com Now, back to Myrna and Annette Well, hello, hello, hello We're back from break and as before we were talking about how, what it's like to be in, the, in an adoptive home searching for your real mother and the ups and downs of it. Well, I am going to, Mike mentioned something. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, my mom and dad, my dad was in the military, and they, after they got married, they wanted to have a family, but it just never worked. And so they decided to enroll or whatever you do for, for adoption. Oh, okay. Uh, they got with some agency and said, we want to adopt kids. And they were both very, very patient and didn't hear back from the agency. When they contacted the agency again, they said my mom and dad were too old. They had oh. passed the age oh. to be available for adoptive parents. So that was when they started searching the non-conventional adoption mm-hmm. methods. It was Both of our adoptions were private. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow my mom's brother learned about my sister and then of course my aunt found out about me mm-hmm. but that made any searching I did much more difficult yes it did because there's no records if it's private right right mm-hmm. so that was why my mom and dad adopted and uh, why they were as old as they were so again like you said earlier it's 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 a god it's a god thing because they were all connected so right. you're so your uncle connected them with your sister, and then your aunt connected with 
that's neat right for you so right. if your mother happens to be listening or watching on facebook or even being on facebook what would you like to say to her well that's kind of impossible my mothers are together now in heaven oh both of them <laughs> so you ain't searching yes. no more <laughs> yes yes and that was something that after i found out who my birth mother was uh, i was told that she had accepted christ which told me that my mothers were together. They, oh, they got to meet. They together. got to, you know, however it takes place there. They're oh. together. Oh, and wow. my dad, too. But, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever feel an emptiness or a, a void because of your adoption? I did. I did. Probably my whole life. I was very, very grateful for my mom and dad and sister. Right. Never questioned that. Um, but it's the, uh, who do I look like? Um, do I have mannerisms like someone? Mm. Like I said, the older my sister and I got, we looked nothing alike. Oh, yeah. Um, and people still said I looked like my dad, and I'd always kind of snicker because I knew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was just kind of a, who's out there feel and and obviously that came after you were told you were adopted right okay right none of that void happened before that right okay. and did it grow <laughs> did that void grow deeper as you grew older and able to understand more of life and what happens in life i think it did and having friends you know <laughs> that um were the birth children of their parents yep i was different mm -hmm. um my parents' families accepted me wonderfully. Right. Uh, I know one cousin still, instead of saying when you were born, he says, when your folks got you. Oh, I just heard that a few years ago. When <laughs> your like, folks got you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, families. How did knew. you respond to that? When your folks got you, like you were delivered through FedEx or something? <laughs> I was. I was taken on a plane. Yes. Well, I guess you were, weren't you? That's right. You were delivered. I just was aware how he looked at it a little bit differently. You know, now his sisters have never said anything like that. And we're all family. You know, nobody questions that. Right. But it was just, I found it kind of humorous, actually. Mm -hmm. So you were United, United Partial Post. I was. <laughs> Before they even named it. It's a good thing they didn't stamp you on the forehead. <laughs> you know, they might have. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, and this might be regressing, but that it was interesting that your aunt, the nurse, mm -hmm. went back with you, flew back with your dad. Mm -hmm. And why, why, why didn't he just, did she think she had to go back? To help with me, to help with a newborn baby. And the funniest part of that is the weather was not cooperative. And I don't think my aunt was any help she at threw all. Up. Oh, she had, she gets sick? I don't know if she really got sick, but she wasn't able to help with a newborn. Oh, <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> so, in fact, they didn't even land where they were supposed to land. They had to have friends, my dad's friends, come pick them up and drive them from, oh. I don't know, they must have landed in Washington, D.C. or something. Oh. And I had to borrow a car. To even oh, get no. me home. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, then you were a, a pretty special package. I no, was. They fought like heck to come get you. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was home with my sister, and I know just worried sick. 
She oh, was yeah. always a worrier. Oh, my goodness. So. Poor aunt. <laughs> yeah, she was at home like this. When am I going to get a hold of that little baby? <laughs> <laughs> and my aunt, I've got to say, Aunt Jerry uh, just passed away oh. two weeks ago at the oh. age of 97. Oh, awesome. So, you oh. know, and we've been part of each other's lives up my whole adulthood. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. She's the one responsible. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, wow. Were you able to tell her goodbye? Um, well, we saw her last Thanksgiving. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. I knew it might be one of the last times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That's we'll see awesome. how God set everything up for you. He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if I tried to set it up for myself? No. What a mess it would have no. been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see why God doesn't let us control things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So at what age did you begin your search? Um, I was probably a teenager. I know I had voiced an interest in it. I had told my parents that I kind of wanted to know. And I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. I, was, I was very, very cautious of that. But I said the biggest thing is I've got an older sibling, I was told. And if I've got more siblings or cousins, I, I want to know about them, you know, and who I look like, maybe what nationalities I am. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad said that after I turned 18, they would, you know, do what they could to help me. Uh, at one point, and I'm not sure if it was before or after I was 18, we wrote, my dad wrote to my aunt, mm -hmm. to his sister, and uh told her that, you know, I was interested in finding this out. And she actually talked to the doctor that delivered me. And he said he couldn't give us any information because of the doctor's code. Right. And it was a private. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, and my, both the doctor and my aunt, I've still got the letter my aunt wrote back. Um, just saying, warning me that some of the time that doesn't work out good. You know, some of the time it's better not to pursue it. So she knew something, do you mm -hmm. think? Um, she, she didn't really know details. She thought she had heard something about my birth father. Okay. But, and she knew, and she told me later years, that my birth mother never, never wanted it known. Oh, it was, okay. and, and I did learn more about that later. Okay. But, you know, we'll okay, we'll get that. to that, huh? Okay, well, don't keep us too long. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, when, after I was 18, we went on a trip. We ended up at the place I was born. We went through Lawton, and my dad pointed out that Southwestern Medical Center, that's where you were born. He went to a phone booth. That they had yes. back then. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you were born in because you're a super lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, he opened up the phone book and looked for my birth mother's name and couldn't find anything. So that was it. That was the end of that search. How did so, you feel? Disappointed. So you knew your birth mother's name from that mm -hmm. or beforehand? Uh, I don't think I knew beforehand. Well, seems like I knew the name Overstreet, but 
I'm not sure. I think okay. it was after I turned 18. They okay. shared that with okay. me. Um, and I really never thought about her remarrying. Right. Having a different that. name. So it was like, I could see this pictured on your 18th birthday. All right. I'm 18. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't. And it, like I said, I, I wanted to protect mom and dad. Yeah. So I was never too insistent. But after that point, and I was on my own, I, I tried several different methods. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly after Mike and I got married. because he, he encouraged me all the time. He's a good encourager. Mm-hmm. So, He's a keeper, isn't he? He is. Yeah, I'm not letting him go. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, and most of it was, I never wanted, I, I was never searching for my birth mother. She did what she had to do. If I found her, then I found her. But I was more interested in other kids. Okay, siblings. Yeah, yeah. And, and mannerisms and other things like that. So I know one time uh, I saw something on some afternoon talk show about, oh, you can search for people this way. Buy my kit for $200. And it'll help you find whoever you want. DNA. No, it wasn't DNA. This was before. This was 20-some years ago. Uh, It was how to go through state records. Well, I had no state records. That's right. I tried following all the things, and they said, we have nothing. Mm. So that was a waste. I ended up giving that to a cousin of mine that wanted it. (laughs) Uh, And then... One time we got, after the computer was part of our household, I got these things called an address book. And you can search for any Mm -hmm. name in any city. And I searched both first and last name and printed out a bunch of pages. But it didn't tell me anything. Her first and last name weren't together. Mm -hmm. After I found them, I realized my older brother's name was on there and her married name. We're both on there. You just didn't know. Right. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So eventually, I think it was through the computer, something popped up. I I do little searches now and then and get onto adoptive sites and registered and Mm -hmm. just never went anywhere. There was a company that advertised, and they said, you know, we can find birth families, no matter what the circumstances and it cost, it, cost was one reason that I hadn't done Right. It. You know, they're all one to $2,000 oh, minimum. Yeah. So finally, Mike and I talked about it, and I talked to a woman that was part of this company. She encouraged me. And I was 50-something at the time, 55. She goes, there's a possibility your birth mother's still alive. I said, okay, I figured she wasn't, but okay. And Mike and I decided to go ahead and put the money out there. Uh, this company would not, they told you, do not contact us for like six months. We will do our work. If we find something, we'll contact you. Okay. Don't bug us. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was but two months later. Oh, goodness. Something. Um, I got a phone call. Mm said, you know, yeah, we've, we've, we've found your birth mother. 
Unfortunately, she was deceased. How long? Older brother. How long had she been? Uh, Let's see. Just a couple of years. Oh, shoot. Um, This was in, I don't know, this was 10 years ago. And she died in 2004. Oh, wow. Anyway, and, and the older sibling was brother, was a boy, and he was also deceased. But they said they found seven others. Oh, my goodness. Which turned out to be there were actually only five, but. <laughs> five is better than none. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The seven, there were two. They had two stepsisters. And so, but they found all of these people, told me who they were, um, and then followed up with a letter with names and addresses. Wow. That was a uh, talk about crying. Oh, I bet. Oh, I was just bawling. And this is, oh, my birth parents were both deceased by this time. Oh. Uh, not my birth parents, my uh, adopted parents. Adopted parents. parents. Right. Wow. Okay. Did they die of, of natural causes? Or? Uh-huh. They were both 93 years old. Oh, my goodness. Died the same year, three months apart. That's what happens sometimes within six. After 69 years of oh. marriage. So I was very proud of them. and Oh, my goodness. Loved them to death. Boy, they set, set out a good example for you, didn't they? They sure did. They sure did. Yeah, took care of each other. My dad ended up with Alzheimer's, and oh. my mom just about ran herself into oh, the ground yeah. taking care of him. But he was home until the very end. Wow. Yeah, she just she was able to hire in help to help her. I guess so. Yeah. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Neat, neat people. My mom was just a tiny lady, soft-spoken, sweetheart. My dad, I mean, I had all the respect in the world for him. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. She took she, 69 years, huh? Uh-huh, yep. And they were what, 93? Three. Yeah. God bless them with long years and a good life. And, you know, that was one of my fears growing up. With them being older, mm-hmm. I was afraid I would lose them yeah. early. But <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> well, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll finish up with talking about the last parts of her finding her family. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. 
You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Okay, we are back with Rhea, our special guest today, who is, has found her birth family. Yes. <laughs> very surprisingly to them. Yeah. Because her birth mom said nothing, went to the grave with a secret. Uh, so, yeah, basically she did. She did. Um, I got all the names and addresses of the siblings. I sat down and composed a letter and sent it to every address uh-huh. I had saying when I was born, where I was born, who I was born to, mm-hmm. that I was adopted. Mm-hmm. And the letters went out. And you waited. <laughs> I waited not too long. It was just a week. I mean, they, they got the letters. And then one day I got a phone call and this guy goes with his Oklahoma accent. Yep. This is Bill Bowler and we got your letter. And he said, actually, your letter went to my daughter's address, but she asked me what it was. He said they had all talked, all the siblings had talked going, what is this? Who mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. And he went to their Aunt Sue, our Aunt Sue, who was the little sister. That That was was living with your mom. Right. And Aunt Sue said, yes, there was a baby. She didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, but there definitely was a baby. And she had asked my birth mother in their later years Uh, My birth mother had remarried, Mm -hmm. had five more kids. Um, She had asked my birth mother if her husband knew who had preceded her in death or if any of the kids knew about me. And apparently my mother's answer was, no, they never found me, so they must not have wanted to know, meaning my adoptive parents. She went through life, I think, thinking Waiting. my adoptive folks mm-hmm. would contact her. Mm-hmm. So she never told a soul okay. except Aunt Sue. Oh. Apparently the doctor went to the house um, after I was born and said, um, Lois is in the hospital. She had a baby. Don't worry, everything is taken care of. If anyone asks, she had an appendectomy. Oh, and that was the story. One of my sisters now wonders if she really ever had an appendectomy or not. 
<laughs> okay. That just came up a couple of years ago. She's gone, I wonder. <laughs> so they confirmed it. We kind of talked. I had one sister call me right after that and say, there's no denying we're sisters. She goes, now I know what I'd look like with longer hair. <gasps> and I was like, I look like someone. Oh. Another oh. sister and brother. Well, somebody found, yeah, somebody found a picture of me on Facebook because we were youth leaders at this church for a while. And mm-hmm. It wasn't on Facebook. It was on the internet site. And so somebody found that and said, yep, she's ours. Oh. So we were kind of in communication. Wow. One of my sisters wrote me a letter. My brother wrote me a letter. And then the older, the one brother, the mm-hmm. first one to call me, uh, we were kind of in touch. And he said, well, we've been trying to figure out how to meet you. We're getting together for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving this year. We'd like you and your family to come. Mm-hmm. So we did. And that was 2009. That was 2009. Okay, and this yes. is a picture, if I can get it right, up to the camera. This is a picture of you and all your siblings. Right. All but one. All but one. Yeah. He's there. Okay. So, and... Rhea is on the far, far, far. Rhea's over here. Whoop, over nope, here. Other side. <laughs> I'm backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. Myrna's not very good at this. And then this, I don't know how I can, this is a beautiful picture. And of course, they're from Oklahoma. So we have Oklahoma Sooners in there. Look at all those people. That was the Thanksgiving get together mm-hmm. where we met the family. Where we met the family. And those are all family. Wow. Everyone there. <laughs> Including our kids, uh-huh. but, um, yeah. Wow, yeah. It was it was fantastic. They brought out photo albums, shared pictures of them growing up. They they grew up. They had a very good life. They did. And so you got to see pictures of your mom. Yeah, you know I haven't seen. Well, I do have some, but it's been hard to get a lot of pictures. But uh-huh. I got to see. You what know, about your kids. bio, Dad? Well, that's something. Did that they know or? No, so no. That day, one of my sisters said, "You know, we kind of wondered if our dad could be your dad." Mm-hmm. But at the time you were born, our dad was married to his first wife. Oh, and that would not have been good. Mm-hmm. And so we all decided that wasn't it. Okay. <laughs> um, and I've done the ancestry DNA mm-hmm. about a year ago, I guess. And I did have a search angel do some searching, and we found out that it is one of three brothers. They're all deceased. Mm. Um, and they're, their kids and grandkids haven't done enough testing to narrow down which one it is. Okay. I was in contact with the daughter of one of them and really wasn't too blunt about the situation because mm-hmm. all three of those men were, I'm afraid, married. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So it doesn't look like I'm going to have too many avenues open there. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, I got I got this other family. Yes, you do. We get together every couple of years. My one of my brothers came out and went hunting. All right, a years ago. Did he get anything? Well, we nope. know one but thing. He went hunting. <laughs> the father you really have is all of our father. That's right, it and is. we're all relatives. Yes. So yes. you got a good father, and he. Did everything. Yeah. And my older brother that was deceased was mm-hmm. a pastor. Awesome. <laughs> really? And so my youngest brother is the one that says, I know, you know, after father accepted Christ, 
mother did. So I oh. know she was a Christian. He wanted to share that with me. It was important to him. It's important to you. I was involved with a church and then mm-hmm. I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to share that with me. Oh, That's pretty cool. That is. So, God is good. God is good. All the time. Yes, he is. And he's sovereign, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he just greatly expanded. He did. My family. Man, he did because all the aunts and uncles on your adoptive parents' side <laughs> and then all of these guys on your mom's side. And it's so neat because they live relatively close together. Seriously? So when we go back there, we just wow. make a big loop. We visit the adoptive family. Uh-huh. And then we go up and visit the birth family. And last time we went over and visited the special aunt. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. This That's is called all in the family. All in the family, all my cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say as the world turns, but it's more like all in the family. Mm-hmm. I, I like that one better. Yeah. 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 I don't like some of the things on those soaps. So yeah. what have you discovered about yourself in all of this? Well, you know, I think I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, one of the reasons I really pursued finding my birth mother's family, and it was always aimed at birth mother, not mm-hmm. birth father, was because of like my compassion, my feelings, my empathy. And I just honestly have always felt I got that from someone. Mm-hmm. I made a decision just before I did that search that that came from my birth mother and she was a good person and clearly defined that she did what she did out mm-hmm. of love. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went ahead and did the search. Uh, what I've learned since then is that family is family. Yep. When they first accepted me, my sister said, we have sisters. There's no such thing as half-sisters, stepsisters. Anything else? We're all oh, just sisters. sisters. Yep. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, we thank you for being and sharing, being with us and sharing your story. Well, thank, thank you, you so for much. having oh, me. It's no problem. A story I love to share. We can tell. And love to encourage. And anyone considering putting a child up for adoption, it can be such a wonderful thing. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. So um, we just kind of want to give some plugs for our next few weeks of our show. Next week, we're going to be honoring our vets again. This is our second time to go to the Grangeville Vet Center. So we will be talking with vets, and hopefully some of their families will be coming in and talking with us. And if I can plug in, I will, because I won't be here physically. That's right. She'll be plugged out and in in, um, Kansas. Yeah. So, yeah, that was interesting, um, listeners, that my daughter found out about Annette going to Kansas over the <coughs> internet, so we had a text after the show last week. <laughs> I got told to watch out what I say on the radio. That's right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> We've just been really busy. Um, some, some of the shows that's coming up, again, next week, November 8th, is the Vet Center. November 15th is William, who was a deputy, former deputy sheriff. When he was charged with the crime, he did not commit, and he would not take a plea, so he went to prison. For a crime he did not commit. And he will be speaking with him on that. On the 22nd, we're going to be speaking with Joseph, who is incarcerated for a second degree for second degree murder. He served eight of his 30-year term, ends up to per, uh, for parole, after, parole after 10 years. And I'm going to quote to you what he has said. 
I have witnessed some scary things in prison, but when I think of my incarceration, one phrase comes to mind. Thank you, Jesus. And he will be, uh, again, November 22nd. The 29th, because of the holiday, will be a rerun of um, one of our top shows, which is Destruction from a Hand's from a man's hand, which is the domestic violence um, show, and that is at our top of our list. Actually, we had a lot of listeners, so you might want to tune into that. And then um, December sixth, we will be following up with another inmate, Richard. He grew up in a gang, thinking that was love. That's what he knew as love. He got into drugs and other criminal activities. He has been incarcerated for twenty-five years. And he, he, was in, he was in prison, obviously, he's still there, but, and he heard someone speaking to him, and he thought he was going crazy. And, um, and so, go ahead. And, and I was fortunate enough to speak to yes, him so, the other day. That is an awesome man. He is a very awesome man. And I enjoyed talking to him, but then he realized who, he, who was speaking to him, and he's accepted Christ in prison Mm -hmm. and that guy said he's going to do it right when he gets out he's got two girls Mm -hmm. and he's going to get out for them and do it right he's going to show everybody he can do it right yeah the audible voice even even went to the prison psychologist because he thought he was crazy and realized that um he began so he began talking with that voice and he realized he was talking with god and so he's going to share his story so we have the, sh- the former sheriff on November 15th, November 22nd is um, Joseph, who is incarcerated for um, se- second degree murder, the DV on the 29th, and then December 6th is Richard. Thank you for listening, and we will be talking with you next week from the Vet Center. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abadaddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.